tired of the light, then escape into the dark with DJ Evil Dave and Dr. Brandy's sexy voice. It's the Dark Corner Podcast, presented by StrangeAndDeadly.com. I'm just as fucked up as they say. I can't fake the daytime. I found an entrance to escape into the dark. Got false lights for the sun. It's an artificial nocturne. It's an outsider's escape for a broken heart. Hello, listeners. There's a special treat. I'm back. Yep. You have a brandy. Yay. You get a brandy. And you, you get, get a, a brandy. brandy. You Everybody get a, gets a brandy. possible presidential campaign. Oh, oh because Oprah. Oh. <laughs> I, I kind of like that, but I also don't because of her somewhat anti-science uh, position often. Uh, that's not what bothers me. What bothers me is that she's another billionaire with no experience in serving in politics. Mm-hmm. She's never been any kind of representative or civil servant. Mm-hmm. And we don't need more of that, yeah. per se. And all we need is like Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz to be the Surgeon General. <laughs> yeah, anyway... <laughs> Not let's, to mention the anti-vaccine campaign. Uh, let's just stop. Okay, so. Just stop there. All right. Yeah. Politics. Yeah. Don't like them. Yeah, it's a pitfall for us. It is. Don't don't want to go into that pitfall today. Don't want to? Don't want to swing across those alligators? No, because I got zombies to kill later. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's something you didn't add to reviews, but oh, yeah. you haven't played it all the way through. No, but I can talk about it anyway. Do you want to jump in, or shall we? Well, let's explain the show a little bit. This is going to be a double-stuffed show. Double stuffed Oreo. We have a recording of our live Brave and Dandy show. This one's really good. I think it was a strong show for us. And it was a good recording. It's a good recording. I did it on the high end of the voice recorder. Came out pretty well over yeah. playback. And we included a couple of personal stories in it. So it's a bit of a different show for us, which is fun. Yes. Well, I've gotten very used to including personal stories lately. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, so. yeah, from doing podcasting and that sort of thing and yep. stuff. Yep. yep. So cool. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. I think more people should include personal stories. Don't be afraid to, you know, show something of yourself. Don't just be a voice mm-hmm. in a podcast. It makes you relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't live a really fascinating life, so I generally don't have stories. I'm a very lazy and boring Taurus. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you for not going through what I went through as a child. Anyway. Yeah, well, I have childhood stories, I guess. I was bullied and some other things. So I remember a kid, when we were in line to go back into class, he'd have like a basketball or something and bounce it out against the back of my head. Well, I would have turned around and punched him in the throat. But well, the, the, the adult in me would yeah, do Yeah, that's that. what I'm saying. Thinking back, I should have done. But then what What would that have led to? Him and his friends beating me up later? So I don't know. Yeah. And nobody did anything about bullying back no, then. No, no, they nobody did not. Nobody did anything. So Teachers you know, are just like, oh, well, just don't let it get to you. That's go, not how it works. Well, what I know now... You know, there's certain things I could do to injure this kid, but then where would that lead? Me in juvenile detention no, or something? No, I'm not, I'm not advocating hitting the kid. That's yeah. not really what I'm advocating. It's just a 
personal fantasy. Yeah, and see, that's where the fantasy leads and then the reality of the situation is, you know, what could I have done back then? Yeah, it doesn't matter what you could have done because you can't change the past. Nope. What matters but- is how you handle that in the future. <laughs> Makes me wonder where he is now. Probably not somewhere good. Yeah, probably in jail. And usually bullying comes from a bad childhood in its own right. You know, it's them acting out because they're in a bad position in the first place. Well, I understand that, but you can still choose your behavior. You can. I don't hold with that. You know, I'm sorry for people going through bad situations, but that's not an excuse. Exactly. See, there's a personal story right there. So yeah, we have the Brave and Dandy show that will tag on in the tail end, and we also have a main point as well. So yeah, it's a double-stuffed Oreo of a show, and... Brandy has a kitty who is not liking giving kisses on the head. He, he literally went, oh. Yeah, he grunted. <laughs> he came to me for shelter. Save me from Just a shadow away. Just a shadow away. I was doing sh- shelter by Rolling Stones, buddy. Yeah, Great was. song. Great song. So, yeah, one of the best. Yeah. That's the plan for this episode. So you want to get into some news and reviews? You okay, let's get into news and reviews. With umlauts over the use. News. News. News and reviews. News. Not just news. 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 Let's get into the news and reviews. Okay. Well, there isn't really much news. Uh, So reviews. Whoa. That's a leaping cat. Yeah, he didn't want to get caught by mom again. Which thing should we talk about first? Well, talk about your zombie game since you just mentioned it. Yeah, okay, so there is a sale over the weekend on things and stuff. Wow, that's vague. Well, there were a lot of things on sale, and they called it the PlayStation 4 or PS Essentials sort of sale. Plus, there was a coupon for an additional 10% off your entire purchase, which is not something they do very often. Mm. I found out that something I didn't know is that they had converted Dead Rising and Dead Rising 2 to PS4 format, so I can pick those up as digital games, which I can all fit now thanks to my 4 terabyte expanded hard drive. Holy crap, that's what, 4,000 gigabytes, something like that? Yep, sure enough is, and believe me, you need all that fucking space, because (laughs) games like the game that I purchased was 68 gigabytes just for the game that's to say nothing of save files or updates or anything like that yeah that'll fill a classic ipod yep i picked that up over the christmas season because it was on sale and because it was ps4 compatible specifically so no formatting required well no there was some formatting required but it was one of those things where for a while it's like yeah you can put a, a usb drive attach it but all you can put on it is game saves you can't put actually actual games on it and this is a game changer because you can't sadly they haven't uh, upgraded dead rising 3 yet so I, that's the one i have not played uh-huh. but i didn't even realize there was a dead rising 4 and i'm like oh hell yeah i'm going back into that world so i picked up dead rising 4 and all the downloadable content in one bundle it's all the silly outfits oh so many silly outfits you don't even know uh it's called frank's big package (laughs) the downloadable content yep i started playing that last night i was going to start playing it earlier last night but it hadn't finished downloading (gasps) oh no 
But once it did, I started it. Yeah, it's like, wow, these are much better graphics than that first one. Uh-huh. Or the second one was pretty good in graphics, but still, you yeah. know, this was years ago. I've had a lot of fun since then. There, ha- however, are no save points. It's all autosave. Mm-hmm. Reaching checkpoints. Right. So that's slightly frustrating, but in a sort of linear narrative way, I understand. Yeah. And I keep forgetting that if I haven't reached a checkpoint and I really just need to stop, I can just put the damn PS4 in rest mode. Mm -hmm. And when I turn it back on, it'll pop me right back into where I was. That's nice. I should not worry about things like that. But still, come on, guys. Have a save anywhere feature, really. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. It takes place about 15 years after the events of Dead Rising 1. Good to be back with good old Frank West. He's still a dick. And still got his camera. Still got his camera and still a dick. <laughs> Man, he's a bit of a dick, that's true. They really bring that to the forefront yep. in this game. However, uh, he gets involved in this situation against his will because of a gung-ho photography student of his. Vic, it's all your fault, bitch. Okay. It's your fault. <laughs> all this is your fault. Yeesh. You should be the one who's persona non grata, not Frank. Uh-huh. Not cool. Thumbs up so far on Dead Rising 4, although I have died a couple of times. I'm still getting used to the controls. Mm. And there are lots more fun things you can do with Frank's camera, like there's a night vision mode. Ooh, nice. And there's also a spectrum analysis mode. Ooh. So you can find shit that you wouldn't see normally. Hidden doors. And codes like, oh, I don't know the code to get through this door. Let's do spectrum analysis mm-hmm. and see, oh, these are the numbers that have been punched. <laughs> yeah, these are the most frequent numbers punched. Let's do different combinations. Yeah, but of course in the game you just always get it on the first try. Yeah. Oh, and you don't need a workbench to make crazy weapons now. You can just do it from the menu. Oh, sweet. And I couldn't figure that out. It's like, okay, I've got these things, but I can't move. The game is waiting for me to make this, and I don't know where's my... Oh, I can do it in the menu. There you go. <laughs> okay, second thing to talk about. Uh, apparently a somewhat controversial subject. Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, the yeah. new TV show... Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Now, to be fair, I know next to nothing about Black Lightning because I am not a DC Comics girl. Yep. And even though I really enjoy the television universe for the most part, it still doesn't make me want to go and read the comics. <laughs> so I've even tried like going back and, and reading some Wonder Woman comics and stuff. And I'm just like, no, I just can't. I can't do this. I just can't do this. It's just <laughs> not something I enjoy. It's not for me in that respect, which yeah. is why I appreciate the television universes because they they're, are more relatable. I feel they're like. fun. The, well, depending on the series, on they're the series, more fun. Yeah, Arrow can be kind of. It can still be fun, but it's uh, it's probably the darkest and heaviest. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Black Lightning. We've seen two episodes so far, and apparently, people fucking hate this show. Well, they hate black people too. So yeah, they're like, oh, this is so stereotypical. Oh, you've got all of this gang violence, and you've got this, and you've got that, and you've got white cops being racist. Yeah, do you know why? Because this is the shit that's happening to black Americans every damn day. Yeah, that's why Ferguson happened. I could not believe some of the reviews that I read. And then I read a bunch of reviews with people saying, uh, okay, don't listen to the racists, all right? Because there are people saying that this show is racist, and I disagree. No, it shows 
black people in a positive light. There's ones in political power. There's members of the community. I mean, Black Lightning himself is a school principal. This is Jefferson Pierce. Yeah, Jefferson Pierce. The thing is, is I don't think they were saying it was racist against black people. Oh, against I think they were people? saying it was racist against white people. Well, there's the tailor that's his friend that makes his super suit. Yeah. Sometimes you can really error in the uh, opposite way and do the white savior thing mm-hmm. where you have a white character in there that's so good that you're, and he's changing the the environment for better it's like no that's that's a mistake too well for instance jefferson and his two daughters are on their way to a fundraiser i believe i can't remember exactly what it was but i'm pretty sure it was a fundraiser yeah they were pulled over And the cops just come up and then say, step out of the car. They don't ask for license or registration or anything like that. They just say, step out of the car. Then they're acting like he's resisting. And they basically, you know, put his hands behind his back and shove him over to their cop car, put his face up against the back window and say to this woman sitting in the back seat, is this the guy? Mm -hmm. And she shakes her head. No. Pulled over for being black. Yeah. Do they apologize? No. They don't do anything. And he's like, really? You thought I was a suspect fleeing a crime with my two daughters in the car Mm. in this basically a station wagon? They just look at him and they're like, you have a good night, sir. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That is the kind, that actually is a lightened version of the shit that black people endure in this country. Yep. Because I've seen videos of a cop subduing a kid, a 12-year-old kid Coming home from playing basketball because he fit the profile. And the daughter had her cell phone out to record the whole thing. Oh, yeah. His older daughter is definitely a social justice warrior, which is not a dirty phrase. It's SJW all. They act like being a social justice warrior is a terrible thing, and it's not. We need more of them. Yeah. You get it in the mouth of uh, Trump supporters and it becomes this snowflake thing. Well, know. it's it was starting to go downhill yeah. long before that. Well, I think the issue with the social justice warrior is it's only over social media where they do anything. But that's not the original meaning of it. It's, it's no. to be an activist, a protester, to get on the streets and speak truth to power and all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is you can reach far more people on social media. I like Black Lives Matter and that movement. There were people who were saying, oh, this show was created by Black Lives Matter. And if it was, what's the problem? Yeah, give a voice to the disenfranchised. The interesting part about the story is that they start it while Jefferson Pierce is not Black Lightning anymore. Nope, It's been nine years since he has been Black Lightning and supposedly gotten rid of this, we'll call him Kingpin. It's not Kingpin, I can't remember the character's name. Let me look it up. It's something because... like Jonah White or something like that, but he had a nickname too, I think. Yeah. He? Or well, Tobias? Tobias White? Yeah, I'm pulling that it up like now. It. Pulling it up now. And the actor himself looks multiracial. Let's see. Oh my gosh, he's going to show up later? Cool. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at through the cast and I'm going, oh. Nice. I didn't know that guy was going to be in and it. And so far, though it's in the DC... You know, WB Universe, it hasn't made that many connections to the other characters yet. No, but it has talked about how when it's a white vigilante, they're a savior. And yet when it's a black man who puts on that suit, he's yeah, a criminal. He's a criminal, yeah. The character's name is Tobias Whale. Whale, okay. And he is an interesting looking actor. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah, it does have a kingpin kind of quality to him. And he looks like somebody that might have been 
out of Breaking Bad too, you know? Yeah, right? <laughs> so he's he's got a glorious beard, I can tell yeah. you that. He's... And that is apparently his real beard, because there are several pictures of him with that beard. So He's like if you gave a leprechaun steroids. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, but uh, apparently Tobias is alive and well. Spoiler. Uh, anyone who is really going to be surprised by that, raise your hand. Right, yeah. nobody. Of all the WB series, this seems like the most like a Netflix series. Yeah, it's CW. Yeah, CW. Sorry, why am I saying WB? Because it used to be that. Okay. Now it's CW. Has right. been for many years. CW. Even with its fight sequences and its music. Mm-hmm. It's very similar in some respects to Luke Cage, but how could it not be? Because you're playing off the same source material of like black exploitation cinema and that sort of thing and just the same headlines modern day headlines you're playing off that too yeah you know just living in a predominantly black neighborhood and dealing with with the social injustices of that of having not the same opportunities yeah. and addressing that oh we should mention that jefferson pierce is a principal of a high school right so he says a couple of times during the episodes in two very different ways that he saved more lives as a principal than he ever did as Black Lightning. Uh-huh. He says it truthfully the first time and sarcastically later because there are people dying, there are people getting murdered that are like former students of his yeah. and people that he knows, friends, neighbors, etc. And he can't do anything about it as a principal, but he can as Black Lightning. The, a local gang leader working under Tobias, uh, kidnaps his daughters. Bad move. Yep. Now, the interesting thing about Jefferson is that he can't be a metahuman because his powers came to him when he was young. Yeah, it was... When he and his wife were first dating. Before the... Before uh, the whole the Whatever thing. you called it. What was that thing? I don't remember. Yeah. It happened it in the flash. basically like a Large Hadron Collider incident. Yeah, but basically that was... That was that Eobard Thawne pretending to be Harrison Wells that did that whole thing. Yeah, created this wave. So that, he could, so that he could have the Flash yeah. to ultimately get him back to his own time. It's like similar to the Terrigen Mist in creating Inhumans, this created Metahumans in the DC Universe, this wave. Yeah, whereas the Metahumans were actually created by, or I mean the uh, Inhumans were actually created by the Kree. Yep. So that's This fine. was more of a industrial science accident. It wasn't an accident. But it was made on purpose, yeah. but yeah. But it the, seemed like it was an accident, but it was yeah. definitely purposeful. Yeah, to create Metahumans. Yes, yeah. so he's, he's not technically a metahuman i mean he is a metahuman but he wasn't artificially created yeah I, we haven't addressed where he got his powers yet yeah i they, think that's something they'll get around to yeah and that's fine yeah because it's it's i find it interesting that they dropped us into the story at this point well yeah when i heard the synopsis of it of him being a retired superhero and left the superhero life and is coming back to it it makes sense to just start there Mm -hmm. And we can pick up on his backstory as it goes on. Yeah. And just get little glimpses of his past life as Black Lightning and I how agree. he originated. Because we don't need another origin story. We don't need another, another origin, origin story. story. It's Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, every time I think of Thunderdome now, I think of that episode of um, Parks and Recreation where April and Ron are being forced to do this kind of sensitivity training and she gets 
him arguing with, oh my god, I can't remember the name. Oh no. Ah, oh, I hate this big black void in my brain sometimes. Yeah, I've got one too. The one played by Rob Lowe. Can't remember the character's name. Oh yeah. So she gets them arguing and she's like, two men enter, one me leaves. <laughs> <laughs> she just wanted to get out of it. Yeah. And so getting them arguing was the best way to have them ignore her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Black Lightning. Black Lightning's uh, back. I am ready to see more. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it seems like there's some original music for this one, which interests me. It's hard to say. I just don't know. Yeah, because they're in a different city, and there's songs about that city, but it's not a city I know of, so it seems like a a DC city. Yeah, it's... Well, to be fair, all of the shows have been based in DC cities, like National City and Star City. City and Central City... Yeah, I don't know why they created their universe like that. But and really, why did they change Star City from Starling City? Starling there City. There was would no. Be fine. There was a story about that, and yeah. you for, you've forgotten it. Well, there's how many episodes of Arrow now? Like six thousand. Yeah, that actually happened around the same time that Ray Palmer came along. Right, and there was a reason for it, but I can't remember. Yeah, but it's not like they just automatically changed it, and we're just supposed to not notice. Yeah. The Star was, City's just weird. There was a. Starling City makes more sense, because Starling is a bird. Yeah, but why name a city after it? I don't know. There's not Falcon City. There's not Pigeon City. There's not Hawk City. There might be. There really is Where do you live? I live in Hawk. No, you live in Hawkins. That's Stranger Things. Okay. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Stranger Things 2 on Netflix now. So, all in all, people are saying it was stereotypical, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm sorry that you feel that the way that African Americans are treated in this country is stereotypical. Because that is the way they're treated in this country. And if you cannot understand that, then the problem lies with you. There's the solution. Okay, we change it so America's not racist, and then Black Lightning is an original concept. (laughs) Because it's very much unlike reality. How's that sound? Yeah. Yeah. So if you think it's stereotypical why don't you make, take steps to change it yeah anyway give people opportunities it's just it's just Ugh. weird the extreme negative reaction to this yeah just i i am shocked well it's the very definition of white male privilege or just white person privilege is to expect things to appeal to you and from your point of view and that's the problem with our government is it's largely predominantly anglo you know, Anglo-Saxon, and the laws are made for Anglo-Saxon people, and that's true in city government and state governments as well. And so you create this environment where if you're a person of color, you don't have the same opportunities. You don't. And they put up gates and walls and just, I mean, sometimes quite literally, you know, gated walled communities to keep people of color out. And be, and not give them the same opportunities, not give them the same employment, you know, levels or education levels and just keep them down. And how do you go from there? And then the whole thing about protesting, too, is like, oh, why can't you protest peacefully? And then somebody takes a knee during a NFL game and, and white and people, people lose, lose their, their shit. shit. Yeah. And what more peaceful way of protesting can there possibly be than to take one knee and to say during a song? To say that it's disrespectful to the flag and to the country and to veterans, it is not. No. A veteran actually told Colin Kaepernick that it's a sign of respect to Neil. And besides that, veterans and military 
fought for our right to be able to peacefully protest. And how many veterans and active military are people of color? Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, uh, I just don't know. It's like how, how many of these wealthy white politicians or whatever are sending their kids overseas to die for oil? Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. And I know that I'm a, a white woman, a middle class white woman. But I'm still a woman, and I know what it feels like to be treated differently because of what I am. Yeah, yeah, because the same white men are writing laws to keep you out. I mean, just look at Planned Parenthood. Mm, Yeah, that's why I participated in the improv show as a fundraiser. Yeah, we had a Planned Parenthood improv show that was glorious. It was so much fun. And very well attended. They had people from Planned Parenthood there, and they were awesome, giving out pins and posters and stuff. Yeah. It was good times. Back to Black Lightning. It's a far more visceral reaction than to what Luke Cage had because there were so many people who were like, I can't relate to this. Of course you can't. You're not a black person. Here's an idea. Why don't you see past your nose? I want to expand my perception of the world. I have no problem watching a show predominantly about African Americans where African Americans are all the main characters. And where white people are not portrayed as good all the time. And, I am fine with that. And like I said, there's the tailor yeah. who's, who's a decent white person. Though at the same time, he wants Jefferson to become Black Lightning again because he can see how uh, Black Lightning could help the community. Mm-hmm. In ways and, that Jefferson himself in real life yeah. cannot. So he does have his own agenda. But at the same time, it's also, I think, because... There's nothing else he can do. Right. He's a tailor. Yeah. He can make the suits. He can be a confidant. But he can't be the one out there fighting. And may and if he could, he probably would. I like also how he's a street doctor because he can sew. Mm-hmm. And so he'll stitch up Jefferson after a battle mm-hmm. if he gets punctured or stabbed or something. Yep. So it's kind of a nice touch that the tailor doubles as a doctor. I really appreciated the very first real fight sequence where he goes to get his daughters oh yeah because that's where it really did parallel uh, a netflix series because the netflix series seems to like their corridor fight scenes Mm -hmm. and this kind of had that vibe where he's going up this like motel you know up the stairs and along the the railing way just beating people up as they come out of each room Mm -hmm. so that's a really lovely touch yeah because that motel is basically a whorehouse run by this same self-same gang that of course, uh, Tobias is set up. Yeah, they were going to turn out Jefferson's daughters. No, they were going to kill him. Oh, yeah. I think originally they were going to turn him out. And no, then no, no, no. once they started talking to the police, they were going to kill them. No, that was the younger daughter, Jennifer. Right. Because Jennifer was stupid. Yep, she was stupid. She went to this club that was... The gang's called The 100, which mm-hmm. is kind of confusing because CW also has a show called The 100. Well, anyway, she was at <laughs> Club 100, which is ridiculous. And she got talking with one of the gang members, not knowing he was a gang member. And she was also a little bit high. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, child, stop it. Yeah, she's the rebellious one. So. Yeah, and even after this experience, she's still doing stupid shit. Yeah. She actually is caught up in this whole situation when uh, Lala, the de facto gang leader, basically sends for this kid. And they wrongfully assume that she's his girl. Right. She just met him. Yep. She doesn't know anything about him. 
And uh, he basically, basically Lala says, well, she's going to have to go over to the motel and start working. So yeah, he was going to turn her out. But Mm -hmm. when they kidnapped the girls, they had no intention of turning them out. Oh yeah, they were going to kill them because yeah, they knew too much. Well, after Lala got involved again, he said, yeah, you were, why are you, you, why are you so stupid? Now we got to kill him. Uh, We didn't even address that one of his other daughters is developing his older daughter well. Anissa. Yeah. Yep. She is. Uh, she is starting to manifest abilities. Uh, apparently, it's super strength. Yep. Super strength. Yeah. Because she broke her sink, and she, she also threw this uh, this robber like a good 20, 25 feet. Some asshole robbing a CVS in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a CVS. I'm just assuming it was a CVS. <laughs> it had that kind of look to it. <laughs> oh, and she's gay. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, and the thing is, is that they just present it as normal. Yep. And that uh, the father knows and is cool with it because they talk about her father being and her mother, yeah. girlfriends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, the couple, you know, Jefferson's uh, separated, divorced, divorced. Yeah, he's divorced. From his wife, so. Because she got sick of the superhero stuff. And oh, my God, that's a story that we've heard a million times. Yeah. Well, when you're in love with the person and they keep getting injured and stuff, you know, you want to be selfish and keep your your husband rather than have him die fighting crime. Yeah, and I understand that. But what about, say, people who are firefighters, mm-hmm. people who are police officers, yeah. people who serve in the military, people who have dangerous jobs? Yep, exactly. You know, and I know that sometimes those wives can't handle that, but for the great majority of them, they have wives that are by them no matter what. Well, like we just recently watched the right stuff and that was addressed all the uh, test pilot wives. Mm -hmm. There's a one in four chance every day that one of them could die. Yeah. And, And at the same time, I'm not speaking in a sexist way because I am focusing on the man being the dangerous one, because that is the situation in Black Lightning, is it's the man with the superpowers. And it could be, you know, like you just said, opposite. There could be the woman in the military and, you know, the husband or wife at home worrying. Because there are, you know, women combatants or women soldiers. Yeah. So regardless of what type of relationship they're in, there's, you you know, there's somebody who is going to be worrying about them. And that's understandable. However, it, it does seem really selfish. I, sh- I shouldn't make judgment calls on that. But I'm just like, if you suddenly became a superhero and you were going out and risking your life, yeah, I'd be scared for you. But yep. I would never beg you to stop. Hmm. I would never beg you to yeah, stop. Yeah, it's hard to tell unless it's actually happening. You but know? I, I wouldn't do that because, you know, it's like uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man said, I have these gifts and I can do these things. And if I don't, do these things and someone gets hurt that's on me yeah so it's really convoluted way of saying great power great comes great responsibility (laughs) yeah 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 i'm going to continue watching black lightning yeah i've enjoyed it so far but i i like black exploitation cinema i like that kind of world i love the the music and the vibe it's just cool you know it's Mm -hmm. this is cooler and that's kind of part of get out you know the whole reveal of get out is they're not Spoiler. Choosing to get in, you know, they're not, what am I trying to say? Okay, they're not brainwashing black people to be slaves. They're actually taking black bodies and putting their own consciousness in them because it's cooler. 
Yeah, it's and cooler to be black. They're they're stronger and they're faster and they're yeah more agile and yeah. Yep, all that stuff. But just more than that, it's just they're cooler, you know. Yeah, but the thing, the the irony of that is that they're not cooler in those black bodies. They're no, still they're acting still super like white, white people. Still super white. That's so, the irony. Yeah, it's the whole thing about soul. And that's what, you know, the whole 70s thing was about is, you know, the, the soul food, the soul music, just, you know, soul train, just that whole thing is to live a life with soul. Yeah. And, you know, being hip and square like, you know, white culture. But personally, I think both could be equally cool. Yeah, well, here's the, here's the thing. There's just cool stuff out there. Yeah, there's cool stuff. There's, there's cool stuff. It doesn't matter yeah, what cool color you are. Hispanic stuff. There's cool Asian stuff. You know, everybody's got their cultural points that are really nifty. And you don't get into, you know, what's what's better or what's worse. I think that's kind of where you can lose your way. Yeah. But I do appreciate black culture, just like I appreciate Asian culture. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's difficult for me to say certain things being a white woman. Uh, you don't have to tread lightly, huh? But I j- well, it's not so much tread lightly, but something I say could be misconstrued when that wasn't the meaning that I intended. Exactly. Basically, I think we need more shows with predominantly uh, African-American casts. Or a mixture of thus, just as normal. Just, yeah. you know, let's just, let's let's make this normal. And I, I feel like Black Lightning is part of that process. Because everybody's like, oh, it's stereotypical. Oh, they're dealing with it. Well, what if the gangs were white? Yep. And speaking of Asian culture, there's not a lot for Asians on television. No, like There's sure what, isn't. Fresh Off the Boat, I think, is the only series really addressing Asian families and yeah. or Asian life. In America. Being mistaken for immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. There's... Actor, comedian who's an actual doctor. <laughs> the long and short of it is this. If you don't like Black Lightning, fine. But don't say stereotypical as part of that reasoning. Because if it's portraying real life, that's, that's not really stereotypical. Well, you have to judge from the same vantage point. You have to look at entertainment geared towards white people with the same measuring stick if you look at you know a a show about black people you have to go okay this is reflecting black society does that make it stereotypical well look at the same thing that shows geared towards white people like look at friends is that stereotypical you know look at the big bang theory look at any show that's geared towards a white audience, all the police procedural stuff. So basically 97% of television. Yeah. It's like how much of that is stereotypical? How much of that is just cookie cutter? Yeah. It's, it's just, I, uh, anyway, I don't understand this vitriolically angry response to this show. It's because it features a predominantly black cast with black actors in the lead that it's an outlier and therefore opens itself up to criticism by people who can't relate because they can't see past their own nose or past the color of their own skin. Well, and a lot of people reacted the same way to Luke Cage. Yeah. And Luke Cage is still one of my most favorite series of the Netflix superhero series. And that's why there's still Trump supporters. And that's why there's still racism Mm -hmm. and sexism. Yeah. And all of those isms. Well, I'm depressed now. Yep. Should we go on to our dark track of the fortnight? Yeah, uh, let's do that. Dark track of the fortnight. Industrial. 
it seems a bit odd to go from talking about Black Lightning to having a dark track by a Swiss artist, but this song is anti-fascist. Yep. And it comes from the artist Yada, which I believe I featured in our political protest music special. I think I had a song by Yada in there, if I'm not mistaken. But it's one guy, and he is a Swiss-German from the city of Arau, which is like (laughs) (laughs) A-A-R-A-U. And it, it seems like it's a kind of a political hub in Switzerland. Really cool. Uh, Founded in 2007. Offers his music for free. Is very open to having DJs feature music. So yeah, it's really cool for us to play the track. You can get his music for free and just as long as you use it for your personal use or through like a promotional thing like we're doing. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not like making money off his music basically, which we're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of the fascism thing, he... Um, Dresses in fascist clothing with kind of a swastika-inspired armband and the whole deal. So it's very much the send-up, this, you know, mockery of, of fascism. And you can hear that in the music, too, which we'll be make it to very shortly. Yeah. So this is the song, Lay Down the Law, by Yada.
darling. Do you have any thoughts firsthand? It's not typically the vocals that I like, but you know that already. Oh, yeah, it's the the kind of harsh, growly, kind of almost screamy kind of thing. Kind of shouty. More shouty than screamy. Which is fine. Yeah, it's Dark Electro, which everybody knows by now. I really enjoyed that particular genre. Harsh EBM, you know, electronic music for the dance floor. Yeah. But yeah, the lyrics are very much geared towards the hatred of fascism. Of seeing people collect in these groups where they want everything to be homogenized and he doesn't quite understand what their big fight is for. It's like, what are you fighting for? Everything to be the same? How boring is that? Yeah. And a call to action for people to stand up and, you know, put their foot down and say, no, you don't get to dictate how we're going to live by your standards. You see that on Facebook when some fascist posts something saying is this the universe you want to live in and it's like a yeah. woman in a burqa next to a, a drag queen a drag queen and you're like yes that's exactly the world you don't get it that's the world we want to live in mm-hmm. where people get along where we're all doing our own thing and mm-hmm. don't hate each other when you're not inspired to kill somebody just because they're different from you yeah that's the world i want to live in yeah we want people to be accepting of one another and they just don't get it because nope. they fear everything that's not like them. They're so xenophobic. It's like homophobic, uh, sexist, misogynistic. Yeah, that's how the whole uh, Earth Empire, Terran Empire starts in the mirror universe. Oh, yeah, that's people right. like that. Oh, yeah, because the, the Vulcans land for the first contact and then <laughs> the Terrans decide to kill them and take and steal their technology. Yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, that's how it's presented. Yep. Which uh, I found <laughs> really interesting in an episode of Enterprise. Episode of Enterprise, because you're like, isn't this the end of First Contact? And then the Terrans rise up and kill the Vulcans. You're like, holy shit! Yeah, I was just <laughs> like, why Why do we suddenly have First Contact in here? Mm. Well, they've, they've actually hearkened back to that movie more than once in a yeah. previous episode, which was also really cool, and had Bonita Frederacy in it, who is married to John Billingsley, who plays Dr. Flox, and she was General Beckman on Chuck, and so it was lovely for me. Totally off the point, I'm sorry. No, that's that's on the point, because we're talking about fascism, and what's more fascist than the mirror universe in Star Trek? Yeah, Terran Empire. The Terran mm. Empire, yeah. Full of fuckers. So I hope that came across in the in the lyrics, if you could make sense out of the growliness. Yes, I, I actually could hear the lyrics <laughs> quite well. <laughs> yeah, what okay. you said. All right. <laughs> So yeah, that's Yada. You can pick up his music for free, probably over Bandcamp. I imagine he's has, you know, a, a pay-what-you-want kind of thing to download his music. Yes. Hello, Internet. Paul F. Tompkins here. You may know me as a guest on all of your favorite shows and three shows you don't like all that much. But now I have a show of my own, Spontaneation, where I pick the guests. I finally have the power. First, I interview wonderful people like Colin Hanks, Caitlin Olson, and Michael Sheen. Then a cadre of elite improvisers and I will use that interview to spin a crazy improvised story. How crazy? This crazy. Diane, when we met, I may have ended your life by vampiric means and made you a vampire. That would explain why I keep drinking people's blood. <laughs> And why your skin is so fresh and radiant. Yeah, and I tried to kill myself a bunch of times and it did not work. 
with music by the incomparable Eben Schletter and yours truly hosting It's Spontaneation, only on Earwolf. Only for you, Damien. I'm doing this for you. You want to get into the point? Yes. Hey, folks, we're back to the tarot. Yar. And that's another reason we played that track. So it was a nice transition point, that song. With that, that would have worked out. I know, right? <laughs> From fascism to the law, uh, because we're talking about the 11th card of the tarot. So now we're outside of the inner arcana and into the outer arc- arcana after the wheel, which is kind of a transition point of its own. So the 11th card of the tarot is justice. And we talked about the tarot before, but it's always nice to do kind of a refresher when we get back to it. Is that the trump cards... It's kind of sad that he's ruined that word. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, major arcana basically tells the hero's story. Because you start with the zero card, which is the full, which is part of the tarot and not. That's why it's got the number zero. It's the story of the full's journey. And it's also a story of consciousness and just your life. That's why it goes from zero to, I believe it's 21 or 22. Right. Yeah. I think it's 21. Yeah. 21, which most people consider adulthood. You know, some tarot have a 22nd card, but generally not. Because zero is actually, when you get into the numerology, zero is actually 22 as well because it comes full circle. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the zero card relates to four because two plus two is four. So, yeah, we'll get into that later. We'll touch on the numerology of the card as well. So it's the story of the fool's journey and, you know, consciousness. So he meets the magician, which is logic. Meets the priestess, which is intuition. The mother, which is the empress. The father, which is the emperor. The priest, which is society as a whole. The lovers, which is personal choice. And then the chariot, which is moving and deciding your own course of action. And it just goes on from there. You know, strength, which is learning about patience. Nine, uh, dealing with your own inner self. And then ten is change. And then you get to eleven, which is the justice card. And it's just as it sounds like. It's about legality, uh, fairness, harmony, balance, mostly in relation to law, fairness. So it's kind of funny how this has really become a show about justice because we included that Black Lightning thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this has become a very much a themed episode, which is interesting. That wasn't our original intention. It was just meant to be. The tarot is deeply symbolic. And it's all based on original playing cards. Then the arcana, the the trump cards were added to create new games, different games. And then that improved how they could be used for fortune telling. The way I look at reading tarot is it unlocks what's already in your mind. So it's not something like full on supernatural. It's not something mystical. No, it's intuitive. It's intuitive, yeah. It's it's a key unlocking whatever's in your mind. And that symbolism of the card does that. So how you relate to the card is, you know, it's fitting together the puzzle pieces in your brain that you're already dealing with. And so you can reach a conclusion that way. What's this card say to me? Oh, I need to look at what I'm doing in this direction. So the symbolism of the card. You have a woman seated in a throne or chair. In her right hand, she's carrying a sword that's upright. It's double-edged. In her left hand, she has the scales of justice, and they're even. She's wearing often a red robe with little white shoes kind of poking out from underneath. 
And on the other side of her is a column. And then she's wearing a crown with a square sapphire. And so we can get into the symbolism of this. There's cards of the major arcana that relate to the different zodiac. What do you think the justice one is? Because the scales. Libra. Right. <laughs> Poor baby. She was looking at me like, are you going to talk through this whole thing? <laughs> I can say anything? No, I was looking at you like, why are you asking me questions for which I'm not prepared? Okay. I wanted to include you. Well, I appreciate that, but I, I, w- I have a void in my brain. You know this. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, it's uh, the card is ruled by Libra, just as the high priest is ruled by Taurus. Which one was Scorpio? I want to say the moon was ruled by Scorpio. Could be. Yeah. I, I think Sagittarius is the sun, if I'm not mistaken. It might be Leo. Twelve cards of the uh, Major Arcana are ruled by Zodiac, and this happens to be one of them. And that's Libra, which is known for its popularity, because the Libra likes to get along with everybody. Mm-hmm. And looks for harmony, and kind of becomes this... Uh, Social comedian, com- comedian, social comedian, so- social chameleon, uh, and uh, I like a social comedian, social butterfly. You know, just flitting from group to group and fitting in with all of them. So you get that with this card. Justice is it applies to everybody. It looks for fairness for all and justice for all. There's and no, justice for all. There's no bias, and that's why the sword is double edged. It cuts both ways. It doesn't favor the left or the right. It'll cut both ways. And it's held very straight, upright. It's not leaning one way or the other. It's exactly centered for that impartiality. And the scales say the same thing. They're very level. They're not leaning, you know, they're not dipping left or right. So it's completely even killed. And that goes with the Libra too. They tend to be very even killed people. You know, they don't really lean one way or the other. And they tend to be a bit more laid back. They have, they, have, they have trouble picking one thing above all others. Yeah. Which is a Libra tendency in me. <laughs> because <laughs> I have people say, well, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? And I'm like, I, I like know. them all. Can't I like both of them? What? Why can't I like Star Wars and Star Trek? Yeah. They're, and they're like, what's your favorite Star Trek series? I, I, like I can't all. answer that. They all have something to offer. Yeah. But and you know who else is a Libra? Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi's a Libra, which he has a lot of difficulty picking favorites. (laughs) Which is weird to have like a podcast about that kind of thing. Well, it's not going anymore. Okay. I told you that. Yeah. Yeah. It is now defunct. Like, didn't they pick three things to each episode had a different theme? Yeah. And so, but but if (laughs) there, the funny thing is, and it relates to this card, if there's an injustice going on, oh, you're gonna hear about it from him. If somebody's doing something stupid and doing it publicly. Uh, he's going to talk about it. Yep. And yeah, he's um, definitely what people might call a social justice warrior, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Nope. He's a good egg, that one. Yeah, it's always funny because he's known to be Christian and has some Christian followers, but he'll swear too. Well, the thing is, he's not organized religion. Yep. Because organized religion can really, really suck. Well, talk about, you know, inequality and unfairness and stuff is, yeah, there's times when tradition gets in the way of progress. Yeah. And there is no particular virtue in doing things the way they've always been done. There seems to be this disparity between worshiping a loving and forgiving God and the 
intolerance of organized religion and they're an inability to embrace people of different sexual orientation and that sort of thing i'm not saying all organized religion is bad nope i'm just saying it's not for everybody and there are certain ones that are more tolerant than others but uh, zachary levi is one of those non-organized christians Mm -hmm. so so yeah he worships without kowtowing to an organization and societal yeah, preferences. Yeah, dictates on who and you can accept and who you cannot accept. He has love for everybody. So, yep, that's where you get that Libra tendency and what this card represents, that impartiality, that not favoring one thing over the other. And so when this card appears in a reading, that's usually what it's indicating is a fairness, equality. If you happen to be having some kind of legal concerns, it's usually a good omen that... The uh, lawsuit or whatever will be in your favor. Mm. That you'll be fairly represented. We talked about the sword. We talked about the scales. The crown shows a position of authority. And the sapphire is a stone for wisdom. The square shape is logic. So again, you have this intellectual approach to things. This objective approach that you're not subjective. You're not biased in your decision making it's very focused very aware very objective and that's what that square shape and the blue color represents and it's also as it's in the center of the crown it represents a third eye so it also shows the spiritual wisdom and awareness so it's a really cool card the red robe shows a a kind of a dominance and influence and then the white shoes shows a purity so the intentions are pure and since the feet are touching the ground, it's grounded too. You're not up in the air and it's not, you know, your head in the clouds sort of situation. She's sitting, she's centered in frame, and to either side of her are columns which show stability and support. That you're in a stable environment, you're firm and unshaken. Which is interesting because it relates to the number two card the priestess, who's also sitting between two columns. Mm. And those two cards are very much related once we get into numerology. But also the columns are the one and one of 11. Yeah, I was just going to say that, but you beat me to it. Yeah, well, <laughs> the columns of the two card is the Roman numeral oh, two. two. Yeah. So yeah, they're related that way as well. So I think that's mostly the symbolism of the card dealt with. I can't think of what I'm forgetting Yeah, that's pretty much the symbolism of the card. So you can get from that what the card conveys, the impartiality, the stability, the intellectualism, the objective approach to things, of being just, being fair, being harmonious, being balanced, and not favoring one thing over another. So numerology, 11, 1 plus 1 equals 2. It also relates to the 20th card, because 2 plus 0 equals 2, and the 20th card is Judgment. Mm -hmm. So you have the Priestess, Justice, and Judgment. The Priestess is a fun card. Yeah. It's about intuition. It's about hidden knowledge, the unknown. I believe the Priestess is blindfolded, if I'm not mistaken, in most uh, images. I guess I could check that on my phone. As we go to our phones. And so you see those statues of Justice... Of being blindfolded and carrying the sword and the scale. It's combining those two images. Because the Justice card is not blindfolded. But I believe the Priestess is. Mm, depends on the deck, I guess. Yeah, it does depend on the deck. Because different artists 
different artists, different artists, different artifices will interpret the image differently. But no, I'm not seeing a lot of blindfolds on the on the priestess. Mm-hmm. Okay, for some reason I thought she was. No, I thought it was Justice that has been blindfolded. Yeah, because... and I haven't seen Justice blindfolded. Well, like and... I'm not saying in the cards. Yep. I'm saying in statues of Lady Justice, she's blindfolded. Because oh, justice yeah. is blind against any kind of bias. Yeah, I might be just confusing that with the statue. I'm seeing a lot of them where the priestess has her eyes open. I've only seen one where she's partially obscured over one eye to show that she's seeing in the other world. Because that's something about the priestess is she has a foot in both worlds. She has a, a foot in the known world and a foot in the unknown world. And you see that in her crown, which represents the three phases of the moon, past, present, and future. And she's aware of all those things. She's the basis of in- intuition. You know, that's where she lives. Wow, I had no idea there were so many different texts. I, I mean, know, I isn't knew. it amazing? It's a rabbit hole once you get into looking at images of tarot cards on Google. Yeah, you just start to go into sensory overload. Yeah, there's a bunch. And when you compare Justice to the Priestess, they're almost identical cards. The way she's seated between the columns. Up oh, there's a justice where she's uh Oh, here's, here's one high priestess that's blind. Yep. So every once in a while, you'll see her blindfolded. You'll probably see her blindfolded more often as justice than not. But again, that's the impartiality. She's not looking with her eyes. She's looking with her mind, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. It's the third eye of the crown, which is probably exposed while her eyes are closed. Yes. She's looking intellectually. She's looking objectively rather than just on surface images. She's looking at the true meaning of things, which goes back to intuition is the the awareness, you know, the total awareness that you're not just looking at surface images. You're looking at the meaning underneath, you know, the underlying principles of whatever the situation is. Yeah. Now, we haven't gotten to judgment yet, and I'm not as familiar with that card because I haven't researched it recently. <laughs> so i can't really discuss much about what judgment is but it is it is the final judgment it's a very religious card i guess it goes back to the scales of being weighed against your your karma and that's what the scales represent too is karmic justice well and funny because that features very heavily in the egyptian afterlife oh yeah that you weighed against your sins more more or less you know Mm -hmm. what does your soul weigh against your actions yeah if if i remember correctly they weigh it against a feather yeah (laughs) i'd have to go back and research that but it's it's very it figures in very heavily as to where you go yeah from um, that point american gods uh, did a thing on that in one of the early episodes yes the scales are the karmic scales that weigh your actions against your soul more or less and you get that into judgment too is whether you're accepted or not into you know the kingdom of heaven it weighs your karmic actions and so you can see how those all tie into one another and also into the number two cards of the uh lesser arcana Mm -hmm. uh, which two of cups is marriage 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 is uh finding a partner a loving partner it's connection you know connectivity to to other people so compassion love well love represents most of the cups in one way or another usually for good or bad because uh the cups 
in modern playing cards is the hearts. The two of swords is a stalemate. So that's kind of the negative implication of of justice is coming to an impasse. It's the bad side of balance where you can't progress because there's no advantage either way. Mm-hmm. The two of wands is creativity because it's you know wands are all about that it's representative of uh, the artisan class uh, art and artists craftsmen that sort of thing and in modern playing cards they're the clubs two of wands represents several things um mostly decisiveness choosing you know to stay or to go to pursue or to not pursue it's about independence and your own personal power which is something justice also represents which is why it's a a crowned characters there's influence there and in numerology 11's a power number whatever that means <laughs> powerball <laughs> yeah it's uh it's also known for its intuition it's the most intuitive of the numbers probably because it's one doubled you know like one one and then the two of pentacles or two of coins shows a juggler who seems to be able to juggle for infinity because as he's juggling these two coins, the way he's juggling creates the lazy eight infinity mm-hmm. symbol. So it shows that he's able to balance this situation he's in forever. And so it's about that. It's about balance, ability, skill, a way of managing two different things. It's, you know, like your work life balance, or if you have multiple businesses, it, businesses is this what's my, my plurals today <laughs> Ugh, it's like i'm turning into a bee <laughs> able to balance multiple things in your life and balance well and so you get that balance trait that you can see reflect on your justice card and this is a way of meditating you can determine your astrological tarot this is a weird thing to do but you add your month you were born, the day you were born, and the year you were born. You add all those numbers together, and you keep adding until you get to... One digit. Well, one digit or two digits below 21, because mm-hmm. you might have two cards represented to you. but Or in my case, three. Three, right. But yeah, I, it's, I prefer the one-digit thing, because the inner arcana is like the really big ones, like the first nine cards will really say a lot about your personality. I'm I'm a nine. I'm a hermit. And that just kind of makes sense. You're one. You're the magician. Yep. So with the justice, it's the two, then the 11, and the 20. And then you lay those cards out, and also all the two cards of the lesser arcana. And you can meditate on those cards, and they, they'll speak to your, your personality. So it's all about balance impartiality, partnership, connectivity, that sort of thing. You know, pairs, so relationships. Also choice, you know, favoring one thing or another. Uh, I don't particularly like doing inverse readings in in tarot reading. I think it complicates things. It does. But for some in a reading, if the card's upside down, it usually indicates a, a reversal of the meaning of the card. So while justice can be a very honest, very fair, very impartial card, if it's upside down, it might show injustice, impartiality, uh, conflict. You mean partiality? Impartiality, if it's upside down. Yeah, but if you're being impartial is the same oh, as being... Oh, partial. Okay, 
what is the opposite of impartiality? Partiality? That just does, sounds wrong. It doesn't sound like a bias. word. Just call bias. It bias. Bias. Yeah. So right. So yeah, if it's upside down, it shows bias. Uh, prejudice is a good way of saying it. Yes. You know, being subjective rather than objective in your viewpoints. That too. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to say about justice, the tarot card? I like justice. If you're into the Myers-Briggs, there's the whole whether you're a judgmental person or a perceptive person. I believe those are the two opposite things. Yeah. So uh, judgmental people, they like organization. They're the kind of people I would make a list. (laughs) And like to live by lists. I don't live by lists, but I do make them when I need them. I do make a list. Well, a perceptive person is far less likely to do that. Well, in any case, I really love people getting what they deserve. Yeah, there's there's this karmic justice thing that you're really behind, and that's why a lot of these stupor, stupor? superhero shows you enjoy because it's about you know bad people getting theirs and stuff like Taken or whatever. You know, those kind of... John Wick is another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anything where the bad guys get theirs... Brandy's all over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I am all over that. Yeah. And I got a little touch of that, too. I like justice. I think I hate injustice more than I like justice, if that makes sense. Yeah. I get really annoyed when things are unfair, and that's why I get a bit of an attitude with certain politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's well, like, okay, you're you're stacking the deck in your favor and then calling people out for not liking it. Yeah, well, and the the thing about hating injustice is it's not necessarily just injustices against us or people like us. It's injustices against anyone. The big, like, big capital letters injustice, like, just the, the concept of injustice bothers me. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't either. So I like that less than I like justice, if that makes sense. <laughs> the very fact that injustice can exist in the world bothers me. Well, we humans are very petty. Yep. Still. Yes. Come on, guys. We need to unite so that we don't have to go through World War Three to get to that Star Trek future, okay? <laughs> exactly. Let's not do that. Indeed. Justice is a cool card, and now we're on the other side of the tarot doing the tail end of it. So that's cool. <gasps> da, da, da. Eventually, we'll get to the main suits, which we'll probably tackle in and themselves you yeah. know rather than do each One card individually because that's a lot of cards yeah we'll just hit the spades all at once hit the spades hit the cups all at once you mean the swords spades yeah the spades are the swords that's right yep spades cups wands coins swords cups wand coins did i say spades again yes God damn what's wrong with me <laughs> it's Sunday. it's it's early we usually record later we don't typically we're, record in the mornings. We're, we're not warmed up. Yeah, we could have recorded yesterday, but it just didn't happen. Nope. I think I'm done with justice, so to speak. Okay, well then it is time for the Brave and Dandy show. All right, yes, we did record our show from last night, and it's a good one, I think. I do kick a chair at one point. I might edit that out <laughs> if I can find it. <laughs> it's when we wiped a scene and I kicked a chair and I might come off very loud in the recording. Yeah. Because it was pretty loud in the room. So yeah, this is us doing Brave and Dandy. Is there anything we need to mention? No. We had a small crowd, so if it doesn't seem like there are a lot of people there, it's because there's not. There's not. It was 
It was not a very packed house. But it was still, they were still laughing. They were still louder. Yeah, we still heard some laughs. We've had bigger crowds that were quieter, so. Yeah. No complaints. Well, it helped to playing to uh, improvisers, so. Yeah, that did help. Yeah. So, yeah, this is our Brave and Dandy show from uh, last night. Take it away, us. is basically a long form version of where are these chairs so what we're gonna do is arrange these chairs on the stage and then get from you the audience suggestions as to a location where we might be and then we're gonna do scenes and when we decide the scene is over we're gonna wipe and then move the chairs again and get suggestions again so why do we use chairs brandy we use chairs because we are improvisers over 40 and we'd like to sit down yes <laughs> yes yes indeed so shall we begin let's begin she's gonna go over there i'm gonna go over here where are these chairs an 80s diner an 80s diner an 80s diner an 80s diner not just any diner <laughs> but an 80s diner They have new Coke. What? Oh. I've never even seen new Coke. They must have hoarded like crates of the stuff. I mean, you can't find that anywhere. I know. And have you noticed how hard it is to get Tab now? Oh, and Fresca? Fresca will live forever. I just know it. (laughs) Oh, my God, that waiter. He's got the wraparound sunglasses. I'm not even going to look. I might say... He looks like Christopher Lee from like that Howling Two. You know, my sister's a werewolf. Griffin, how many times have I told you that I do not like to talk about horror movies? Sorry, Veronica. <sighs> and you know I prefer Ronnie. How's that ever gonna catch on if you never call me that? Okay, Ronnie. Thank you. Didn't think we had to revert back to the eighties when we're here, so thought you were you're a professional woman now. I thought Veronica. You are just no fun today. Well, I'm sorry the band never took off, okay? I'm sorry mm. Ronnie and the Jets never took off. Mm. <sighs> Griffin, you have started something on a day you shouldn't have started something. Okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry, that's my bad, that's my bad. Positive. That's your bad what? What does that mean? It's mea culpa. Oh, 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 now we're into Latin. Ugh. You just always like to show off. Well, I did get to law school. Yeah, but you never passed the bar. <laughs> well, okay, there was that issue of cheating. But everybody does it. No, not everybody does it. And don't use that as an excuse. Griffin! Ronnie. Griffin. Yes. <laughs> When are you ever going to understand that mom loves me more? (sighs) Do you know why she loves me more? Why does she love you more, Ronnie? Because I'm (laughs) likable. There's that again. Well, not likable enough to have your band work. (laughs) 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 Good thing you stopped it there. Oh, oh, she's doing something funky. 
All right, fine. I'll do that too. Okay, where are these chairs? Library. A library. Peter, I, I don't know why you won't sit at the same table with me. I don't like you looking over my shoulder. You realize if I turn around to talk to you, I'm literally going to be looking over your shoulder. Well, not directly. I mean, you couldn't. It's not like you're Linda Blair or something. I mean, you're not going to look directly at what I'm doing on this computer, right? Right. Okay. Sure. Whatever. I just. You know, my my research at the library is very private affair for me, and you know that. <laughs> yes, I do know that. I I do know that, Peter. I'm just um. I just thought that maybe since it was our anniversary, we could spend it a different way. Listen, I'm working on my second master's. I need every opportunity I can to work on my thesis, okay? And that's just it, isn't it? You're always working on something else, but not us. Do you want me to take that relationship class next semester? No, I don't want you to take a class. I just want to interact with you. Well, that's why I brought you along. I mean, you could have stayed home, played video games or something. Oh, yeah, I wish I had at this point. Well, uh, I gave you the option. You went, no, it's our anniversary. We should hang out together. So yeah. I thought, yes, the library. There's plenty of things to do here, right? You could go to the children's <coughs> section and spook people out. I know you like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that one librarian, though, when she sees me coming, she just... She just bars my way. Oh. But if she's not here, you know, that could be game on. Have you seen her? Not yet. You want to go hang out in the kids section? Are you going to come with me? You know what? I think I'd mind. What do you think? Um, have an argument in front of the kids? Yeah. Um, ooh. Talk about our sexual ex escapades. No. Oh, no, that would get me kicked out for sure. <gasps> Imply that we're actual characters from the books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do like creeping kids out. That's a, that's a creepy thing. <laughs> oh, goodness, that reminds me of a story. Um, what was it? World Goth Day, which is May 22nd. We went to a Chinese restaurant all gothed up. And families would like. <laughs> they would pull their children closer. When yeah. We were standing in line behind a family to be seated. And this woman looked at us and she pulled her little girl closer to her. Yeah, but I had the coat with the chains on the back. Yeah. And she had, had a hell of a lot of makeup. makeup. Oh, yeah. So much yeah, makeup. Like the blondie shirt. Yeah, nice. and, uh, and basically I just went like this. <laughs> <laughs> little Adam's family touch. Okay, so. Would you like? To uh, wh where, where are these chairs? An Irish pub. An Irish pub. <laughs> That's the darkest Guinness I've ever seen. <laughs> God, it's like nearly black. I, I daren't drink it. It's going to kill me. Patrick, you've got to work on your Irish accent. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm going to offend the servant. 
Chug, 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 chug right now? We're not at a fraternity party! Right. Well, what do that? Oh, yeah, you don't know. You think... I thought, you know, the Celtic people were all about passing down traditions, you know? I mean, didn't your parents or grandparents ever tell you anything about, like, the old country? Do you even call it the old country? The Emerald Isle? That's what outsiders call it. St. Patrick and the Snakes. <sighs> St. Patrick. I wish one of those snakes had swallowed him. It's the most ridiculous story, and they built this great big holiday on it that's only big in America. I thought living up to stereotypes again, you're Protestant, hate the Catholics. It's like, do you bomb, like, shopping centers in England, too? Oh, now don't you start with me, young man. That's a Northern Ireland thing. Okay. <laughs> Look, Patrick. I'm sorry that you're feeling out of place. Although, I, yeah, I've got the Patrick name, but I don't have, like, an ounce of Irish in me at all. Your last name's McMurphy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adopted. <laughs> Worst Irish accent. <laughs> Ooh, let's face each other. That's My funny. Irish friends would be so offended. Oh, yes. Where are these chairs? The eye doctor. The eye doctor. Okay. Better or worse? It looks the same. Oh, God. <laughs> oh! Okay. Number one. Number two. Better or worse? Uh, still looks Okay, fine, 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 fine. Number one, number two. Which line can you read better? Um, well, your head's kind of in the way. Um, I can make out this little hair coming out of one of your moles really well. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, fine, I'll... S number one... Number two. Okay, number two. Fine, number two. Great. All right, number one, number two. Okay, really, they both look the same. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> look, Mark, he's shouting at me. He's not making this any easier. 
Mm. Is this what you do with all of your patients? Well, after the 50th, yes. God, is this machine malfunctioning or something? Number one? Number two? They look the same. Fine, 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 fine. Okay, usually I use this for children. It's a picture of a house. Number one, number two. Better or worse? What are you doing with your eyes? <laughs> I'm seeing if depth perception matters. No, we're working on both eyes at the same time. If you do that, it defeats the okay, purpose. And okay, you give yourself okay. eye strain. Mark, quit shouting at me. You're making me so nervous. Okay. I feel like I'm failing this eye test. Can't. Well, I guess you can fail an eye test. Uh, you know what? Maybe this is like medical, beyond what I can do for you. This is beyond corrective lenses, possibly. Okay. I mean, do you have, we did the blowy eye, air thing in your eyes, yeah, so. Yeah, that, that's the glowy <laughs> test, Mark. Don't you even know what that's called? I know it, but I'm used to dumbing things down for people, so it's the blowy air in the eye test. Okay. Uh, we did the astigmatism thing, we did the colorblindness thing. Okay, do you work at a computer? Mark, you know I work at a computer. Everybody works at computers. You know what? I think number one, number two. Oh my God, is this what it's like to see? <laughs> oh, now you're just putting me on. Sorry. Wait, <laughs> you <laughs> Uh, uh, that was actually kind of based on an actual ophthalmologist that I had I experienced. So <laughs> he kept getting really frustrated with me because he's like, no, this one should be better. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that was actually kind of true. So, Ooh, what yeah. are you doing? Um, what are you doing? I'm spinning my chair around like an in-flush dance or something. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. So where are these chairs? On a bus. On a bus. Oh, one of those finagled buses. Okay. You know, what? I know there's bicyclists and stuff, but you think you could design a bus better than this, you know? God. And I'm, oh, sorry. I, I broke the whole social contracting. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt the silence. Okay. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. All right, sorry, I just thought you were sobbing, like, uncontrollably. Alex. What? I just, it seemed like you, you know, the, the, the shake hunch. Maybe I'm saying things, maybe, okay, maybe, oh, I, I, you're on the wheel. Okay, so, all right, sorry, I just, I thought maybe I upset you. Sometimes I don't read people very well. That is so sexist. What, that you sob uncontrollably? I don't sob uncontrollably! I've seen you watch movies on a plane. <laughs> Look, and I can't do this for very long or I'm gonna get bus sick. Okay, if I sob uncontrollably, it has to do with an emotional reaction to something really sad or really beautiful or really happy, but I don't sob uncontrollably all the time, and you know this. Oh, well, I didn't say all the time, I just said now. Oh God, don't. Sorry. Okay, all right. Ah, face forward. 
I mean, seriously, just because there's people that ride bikes doesn't mean... Quit <laughs> bitching! Well, I, are they punishing people that ride bikes? It's like, oh, you brought your bike on the bus, so you're going to have to sit and face that way. Uh. <coughs> Alex? Yes. You know, I love you like a brother. Yes, Karen, I know that. But... Oh, here it comes. I think our relationship is changing. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of saw this coming. Um, let me have it. Let you have what? Well, just have out with it, you know, the relationship changing thing. This is, you're, we're going to part ways. You found somebody else. What? What, you haven't? <laughs> okay. You know, if I were you, I would date me. What? No, that's what I'm saying. If I were <coughs> you, I wouldn't date Why would you say that? Because I'm a horrible, horrible person. You're not completely irredeemable. You're about to vomit on me. No, I'm not. Yeah, you're turning green. I'm not going to vomit on you. You're definitely turning green. Are your fingers, tips numb? No. Okay. Could you sit down, maybe? And face a direction that... Okay, look, I'm just gonna... Okay, the lip trembles. Okay, the lip trembles. Oh. Okay. All right. Oh, this is much better. No, you, sh you should sit. I should stand, right? Oh, wait. That's that is so sexist! <laughs> Okay, last, last, last one. one. Right. Last call. Last call <laughs> for where we are. So where are these chairs? A motorboat. A motorboat? Frank. Dolores. <sighs> why? Just why? We're in the middle of the Pacific. I can't even see land anymore. Open water, international waters, darling. Oh, excellent. Does that mean I can kill you and not be subject to arrest? Oh, well then, how would you entertain yourself with your japes, dear? Well, there are the servants. Hmm, <laughs> you have one in mind. Is it the pilot, the driver, the pilot, the pilot, the driver? What do you do with a boat? <laughs> There's no sail. It's a motorboat. I did it. The motorboatist. The, the motorboatist. Mo motor do you the motorboatist? Sports enthusiast. You're no, that's somebody who enjoys the sports. Oh my God, Frank, you're overthinking it again. And more motorboating. Ugh, what a disgusting phrase. <laughs> what does it mean? I thought it's. I thought. Oh, motor boater? <laughs> if anyone knows the phrase motor boating, I've seen you at the cabin boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's called! I didn't know it had a name! I believe you called it a zerbert. Oh, yes, I did. A very long, long zerbert. <laughs> Frank, I'm running out of glasses full of wine. Are there bottles? Sure I don't know. Bought. Surely we packed enough. Mm, there's a cooler back there, but I can't be bothered. You put wine in the cooler? Why would you do that, Frank? 
They're wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> They're not wine coolers, Frank. Oh, wine I... needs to remain at room oh. temperature, Frank. You know Was this. I confused by that phrase? The, the person who pilots the boat driver pilot? And Frank, the no, cooler just for... stop. Just stop. Mm. This is why we have servants, dear. But why did we chase them name? away? Why didn't we bring one with oh. us? Except for Mr. Bodie McBoatface up there. Uh, dear, I'm afraid he might be able to hear you. I'm sorry, do you mind being called Bodie McBoatface? Good. Well, he definitely shook his head. That's a treat for mm. you later. Remind me to tip that lad. What, tip him out of the boat? <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, this is why I married you. For your wit and your charm. <laughs> no, you didn't. Well, certainly it wasn't for sexual attraction. Or my looks. Well, I'm not attracted <laughs> to you, so... That's all right. I'm not then, attracted to you either. I was attracted to that cabin boy, though. Mm. Well, we could share. Oh, dear, no. Physical touch? Oh. I don't know, but the... The Zerberts are absolutely wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't even have to really have a lot going on here. Mm. It's uh, you. You can a motor boat without a huge boat, I guess. Boats. <laughs> boats. Boats. Boat. Boats. Motor. The word's mm. starting to sound peculiar. Yes, boat. Boot. Is it the Germans a dust boot? That's what you wear on your feet. That's just pronunciation, Frank. Don't be simple. <laughs> the Germans call them Stiefel, I believe. Boots. Oh, I, I, I completely I, lost the thread of your conversation. Oh, I, I forgot to mention. I'm. We're, we're meeting with some Germans. I have a deal. Oh, a deal. Well, that yes. explains why we're in the middle of the Pacific. Why? Why are we not in the middle of the Atlantic? That's where Germany is. Well, back east. That. That. Um, that. That. Where? I'm afraid Interpol has been tracking the routes. You see, I have my eye on some, some art that was misplaced during the war. Really? Mm-hmm. You always wanted an original Van Gogh. Well, when I said that, I actually meant the remains. <laughs> oh, oh, is it Van Gogh? Van Gogh? Van Gogh. I don't know anymore. That there's somebody that said it's supposed to be Van Gogh, and there's also somebody that said it's supposed to be Chinggis Khan and not Genghis Khan. I don't know. <laughs> 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 so with our show. Wasn't that marvelous? <laughs> ah, you did a gem moon. I did. I had to. Yep. <laughs> uh, Couldn't help it. Yeah. So good times. So yeah, shout times. outs. Shout out. Hey! My shout out is to Haley. She came for the workshop that I taught last night. It was nice to see her again. She brought a friend who liked the uh, workshop, though she didn't want to participate. And I don't mind that. Yeah, well, she she has anxiety, I think, about performing Mm -hmm. and especially with people you don't know. Yeah. So that's fine. If she wants to come and observe and start building up confidence to be able to do it, that's great. Yeah. And she learned a bit, too, so that's always nice. Because I wanted to address some of the the basics, because we haven't been really addressing that since it's become just an end-of-the-month thing only. Mm-hmm. It's like every once in a while, it's nice to refresh people on the very basic principles of, 
of good improv. And then we had a totally new person we'd never met before named Charmily. Yeah, she was really good. She had some great instincts. She really did. She was fun. Yep. I enjoyed playing with her. Yeah, and she got to play some games. She actually got to, you know, experience actual short form improv games as they would be. Yeah, and she'd be like, worried. I'm stage. like, this is safe space. This is this is what workshop is. Yeah. Yeah, it's about working out the kinks. This is, you know, we do this here so we can do it later on stage. Yep. So yeah, stuff like Revolver and Taxi Cab, Freeze Tag was fun. Yeah, we did this, uh, she and I did this one scene in Revolver where it was a weird relationship, which was chef and knife. Uh-huh. And I was the chef, and she was the knife. Yep. She's like, I'm not sharp enough for you. <laughs> I can only cut butter. <laughs> no, it's your time. This is your destiny. You're meant to be more. <laughs> it was nice. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And she was also in a scene with Haley at a laundromat where she was trying to get blood out of the sheets. And, like, yeah, and Haley was really excited. It's like, who do we get to kill? Who did you kill? I want to know who you killed. <laughs> and she kept... Trying to uh, change the subject. Yeah. It was very funny. It was a good game. It was That'd a lot be of fun. another nice lesson just to get into the whole game theory behind short form games and stuff. Yeah, but we were so glad to yeah. see Haley because we haven't seen her yeah. enough it's lately. It's nice seeing John too because he's busy as hell being a soon to be new dad. Yep. So I was I was really surprised when I heard he was coming. I'm like, what? John's yeah. coming? Awesome. Yeah, I had an improv jam. That was fun. Yep. Good Jordan, times. Casey, and Aiden arrived too, and that was a surprise because yeah. we didn't know it. Hardly anybody was coming other than John and Haley. Yeah. So that was awesome. Thanks, yeah. Haley. Uh, who's your shout out, darling? My shout out is to Patrick. Patrick Devlin. You know who you are. <laughs> He's uh, one of the co hosts on Warp 5 with me and Brandon Shamatella. Ah, the New Yorker. And, yeah. And uh, he and I. When we first knew that we were going to be part of this podcast, before it was officially announced, we would be talking in Facebook Messenger, and uh, we have a lot in common. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot in common. You have similar viewpoints to the world, yeah. you know? You look look through similar eyes. Yeah, and I, I really I really enjoy Patrick, and I'm so glad I get to do a podcast with him, so... He's a hoot. He's It's such a nice bit of flavor, too, because he's so definitively a new yorker oh yeah but yeah, yeah. and to hear him talk about star trek is just so charming it's the best it's so great because he's in construction in new york and mm -hmm. he's talking about star trek it's just glorious he is awesome thanks patrick for yeah, yeah, being Patrick's you. awesome or as we call him around the podcast to pat and then what brandon's canadian yeah brandon's canadian -y. so when you guys record together you've got like north east and west mm -hmm. all representative there we go but that was different i keep liking to add suffixes to things i guess yeah well let's quit while we're ahead uh, are we <laughs> i was trying to be nice let's let's quit before we're in the hole yep let's do that <laughs> okay let's leave the table when we have no winnings <sighs> Well, you got to bring it down. Yeah, that's true. Now, this has been a good show. Yeah. It's been a very themed show, oddly. So, yeah, yeah, especially in today's society, justice is, you know, just the political climate of the day. Justice is something to keep in mind. Yeah, because there's not enough of it. No, it seems so easily tossed aside in favor of personal wealth and, you know, just selfish reasons. Yep. That... As long as I got mine, it doesn't matter. Well, that's not the way the world should work, especially if you want that Star Trek future. You have to consider others. You have to be compassionate and charitable. And, you know, if you see somebody down, lift them up. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that comes to being charitable in your own right. You know, donate to the ACLU, donate to Planned Parenthood, uh, the Southern Poverty Legal Fund, whatever that's called. <laughs> Forget the name of that thing. But anyway. yeah, it's a major charity to help with uh, with a lot of the people that are put down by these Bible Belt Republicans and their lawmaking. Okay, don't say it like that, <laughs> even if it's true. Well, yeah, they're the right wing neoconservative arm of government. Which is funny because they say they're conservative, but they're anything but. Yeah. They're raping our land. Yeah, there's that. And our sea. Oh, when uh, Trump put tariffs on renewable energy. Mm-hmm. That there's actually the really high costs to importing solar energy panels. He wants to pollute. He wants coal other than any other thing. It's like, why? Because it makes him money. Yeah, I guess that's true. That That is the ultimate thing. They don't care about the future. Nope. They're not going to be here. Nope. They don't care what they leave behind. Yeah, it's whoever dies with the most money wins, and that's an outmoded concept. Yeah. It's it's whoever's accomplished the most and best in their life, you know, that's... Or even not even that. It's like you could do the Taoist thing where, you know, did you die and nobody really noticed you at all? <laughs> you know, did you live a life where you didn't interfere at all? You left the world exactly as you found it. Well, what fun is there in that? Yeah, and, you know, that's the other thing. Did you leave the world better than you found it? Yeah. And that's a way to live is everywhere you go, leave it better than you found it. Leave the environment better than you found it. Leave the room. Leave the people better than you found them. Uh, are we starting another podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, just a little, you know, said, you know, just kind of turning up the downturn. It's like getting back to a positive vibe, positive note. Just talking about justice is all. Yeah. Justice for all. Liberty and justice for, for all. all. Yeah. Which people seem to have forgotten. Yeah. Not all white people. Yeah. You can stand up in a classroom with a hand over your heart and say those words, but it doesn't mean that they're sinking in. Nope. Anyway, that's all. That's all? That's all. That's all she wrote? Yep. Maybe that's all, folks. Yeah. Meh. This no. No? No. Sleeping cat? Yeah, fine. have just listened to the dark corner podcast hosted by brandy and david jacola find us and other fine podcasts at strangeanddeadly.com send any feedback to the dark corner pod at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dark corner cast you can also like the dark corner podcast page or join the dark corner podcast group on facebook the intro and outro music is Artificial Nocturne Love Thy Brother Remix by Metric. The dark track featured on the podcast was either submitted directly or offered for free by the artist or the artist's representatives. No infringement of copyright is intended. If you enjoy the show, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes. If nothing else, then to let us know that you're out there listening. Now we return you into the light. Until next time, peace and love. Like shadows in a stranger's dream.